0: Hey guys, welcome to What's the Word, so glad to have you today. Today we're talking about my kingdom mentality in the stinking thinking series, and we're glad to have you. Uh, drop something in the comments, whether you're watching live or in the archive, uh, say hello, let us know where you're watching from, and go ahead and share the broadcast, like, subscribe, hit the bell, and uh, get notifications when we go live. Uh, do your part to share it, you know somebody that this will help let me tell you something (laughs) let me tell you something this topic today my kingdom mentality is one of the biggest problems in the american church and i've never actually taught on it i have i have talked a lot about it but never one whole session devoted just to this and I've talked around it in pieces, but today I wanted to make sure that I gave you everything uh, that I had on it, and uh, there's probably more, but I'm gonna give you uh, most of that information, and I think that you're really going to uh, like it. Hello, everybody that's watching. I see Serena, Miss Pam Kostanski, Hello, from Vero Beach, Florida. What's the word, Pastor? We're about to get into it. (laughs) Priscilla, Serena, Holly, uh, Jan, my mom, and Ashley, my sister, they're watching. Good to see you guys. And uh, let's jump into this right now. All right, so the stinking thinking that we are eliminating today is my kingdom mentality. Or you could call it this, my ministry mentality. All right? Now. One of the things that you see is that my kingdom mentality or my ministry mentality is focusing more on our kingdom and our ministry than we should or more than we focus on the kingdom of God. And this very sly trap of the enemy and this mentality can actually totally destroy the ministry and destiny that God has for us. It can completely wipe it out. I've actually watched it knock people out of the ministry that had a call on their life. And it's one of the worst things. And let me tell you, in the American church, it has been rampant. And I I don't remember anybody ever really teaching or preaching on which is why we're talking about it today. Uh, here 's something that our own Kevin Buck said, and I really enjoyed it he said uh, we will ha- We will either have solid construction built built by God or we will have a weak concoction." Uh, And I like that. So, a lot of times when we have a my ministry mentality or a my kingdom mentality, we actually will concoct something. But in our ministry, we'll call it ministry, but it's actually our own concoction. We're building the house, and all of a sudden you're going to have a very weak and a limited ministry, and it's going to affect us in many ways, and we're going to talk about that. Let's look at this. This is a scripture that we've been looking at in this whole series, Mark chapter four verse eighteen and nineteen, God's plan and ways are holy. God has a plan, and let me show you this, because this verse lays out something that goes against His plan. He shows it to us so that we won't be, uh, so that we won't be held back. He says this, and others, other people, are ones on whom seed was sown among the thorns. In other words, there's people that the seed of the word will be sown among the thorns. In this series, what we're looking at is that the stinking thinking mentalities. The stinking thinking that we have, these mentalities are thorns that will hold up our harvest. It'll hold up your harvest. It'll hold up your destiny. It'll hold it up, and we won't walk in the fullness of the blessing. So, if we get rid of this thinking and we renew our minds to the Word of God, then what we'll do is we'll start eliminating the thorns in our life, and our harvest and the fruit of our life will go up. We'll fulfill our destiny and walk in some of the eternal rewards that God has for. Us. So these thorns it says this that the seed was sown among the thorns. And these are the ones who have heard the word, but the stinking thinking, the worries of the world, the worries, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So, the worries deceitfulness, and desires for worldly things. The worries of the world, the deceitfulness of worldly things, the desires for worldly things, these all add up to some stinking thinking that if we can eliminate, we can run our race really strong. Is there anybody out there? Put a hands up in the comment right now. I want to run my race strong. I I want to walk in the fullness of his destiny. John 10.10 Jesus tells us this, the thief comes only in order to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I came, Jesus said, that they may have and enjoy life, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Jesus wants us to walk in the full harvest, the full destiny. He has a plan for you that he's had from the beginning of the world. He wants you to reach it all. But listen, we're never going to reach those things if we don't eliminate the stinking thinking, eliminate the thorns. That's why we're in this series, and today we're going to talk about this. Amen. I see people that are saying, I want to walk in the fullness of it. All right, now let's look at this. So I'm going to tell you a quick story because as As a pastor, one of the things that I you know felt a calling to and an anointing to is to actually help people fulfill god 's plan for their life to fulfill their vision and Over the period of years, I watched this so many times when all of a sudden we step into the place and we start to get to know uh, people in the ministry and all of a sudden, I, I want to help them. I want to take them by the hand and bring God's plans in the past. And, but I was torn because something about what they were doing was causing me to struggle within my thoughts, struggle within my heart for them. And I didn't, I didn't really know what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it. But I was like, I want to help you, but I also inside of, in my spirit, man, I have leading. I'm not supposed to help you do this. And and that really concerned me for a while, and I had to really pray about it. And then I, I finally started to whittle down and get to the place where I realized what was going on, but it took me a, a good bit of time. Uh but I still I had this tearing feeling inside of me. I was I didn't have peace on it. I had peace in my heart that you know what I was doing was right. But in my mind, logically, I wanted to help people, but in my heart, I had the Holy Ghost saying, don't help them. And so I had this little tug of war going back and forth. And finally, I read a verse and it opened it all up to me. And here's what I found. That the vision that people had for their life had no connection to the planting of God. In other words, They were not truly planted in God's vision. They had taken, and hear this, they had taken a piece of God's vision, and then they had added to it, they had concocted this this formula for the destiny of their life, but it was them and their ideas with a little bit of God and not all of God. Well, we've seen throughout the Bible this is a very bad formula. So if you look in the garden, you know, what Eve said actually was a mixture of what she thought and what God said. So she took a little bit of what God said, but then she added to it. And when she got that thinking in her head, it allowed her to be deceived. And this is what I was witnessing as a pastor, and I finally was able to to filter it out and get down to the root of it, and it ended up being my ministry mentality or my kingdom mentality. And so let's look at a couple of scriptures and show you exactly what I'm talking about and why I was torn over this and how I got to the place of resolve and how I led other people and the Lord showed me how to lead people to fulfill their true destiny in God and not get off track. So look at this. Let's look at this verse first, Matthew 6:33. Seek his kingdom first. It says, but seek and put this in the comments first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. Above all else, as the priority, seek first whose kingdom? His kingdom, God's kingdom. Seek his kingdom first. Above all else, above everything else, seek first. THE KINGDOM OF GOD AND HIS RIGHTEOUSNESS, AND THEN HE SAYS, AND ALL THESE THINGS WILL BE ADDED TO YOU. ONE OF THE THINGS THAT I SAW WAS THAT PEOPLE HAD TAKEN A LITTLE BIT OF GOD'S VISION form, AND THEN THEY HAD BUILT THIS UP INTO THEIR OWN VISION THAT WASN'T 100% GOD. AND IF I HELP THEM TO FULFILL A COUNTERFEIT VISION, I'M NOT DOING THEM ANY FAVORS, I'M NOT HELPING THEM, AND I WANT YOU TO SEE THIS. If you go into uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 3, it says, even if I give all my possessions to the poor or I give my body to be burned. In other words, I burn myself out living for the Lord. Now watch this. So you think about that. If, If somebody gave everything they owned away to the poor, that's quite a decision. I mean, that's a hefty decision. If they gave themselves to be completely burnt out, completely burnt out for the kingdom of God, right? That's, that's a big decision. And, it, and we look at it and we think, well, that's a, that's a good decision. That's a godly decision. No, it isn't necessarily. Because the next, next thing he says is this, even though I give all my possessions to the poor or give my body to be burned and have not love, and have not love, In other words, I can do those things and be outside of love. I can do those things and be outside of God. Right? So we can do things that look like God, but actually isn't God. And then the next statement says, if I do these things, you know, for example, these two, what looks like huge, big things, but I actually do those things outside of God, what does the next word say? It profits me nothing. It profits me zero. Zero. So if somebody comes into the church and I help them fulfill a vision that's counterfeit and not 100% God, I'm actually helping them have zero profit in eternity. I'm helping them have, and now you can see why I was torn in that way. Uh, John Bevere has a book. I have not yet read it, but I knew what he was talking about when I saw the title. He says, Good or God? Good or God? Good or God? In other words, just because it looks good doesn't mean it's God. Put that in the comments. Just because it looks good, DOES NOT, ALL CAPS, NOT, 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 JUST BECAUSE IT LOOKS GOOD, DOES NOT MEAN IT'S GOD. AND THE TRUTH IS, WE'RE CELEBRATING A LOT OF PEOPLE TODAY, OR HAVE BEEN CELEBRATING A LOT OF PEOPLE IN MINISTRY THAT ARE ACTUALLY IN A COUNTERFEIT VISION that they've concocted or the people around them have con- concocted for them and they're not actually even called to do what they're doing and we're celebrating cuz it looks good but God's not in it God's not in the plan they're doing you know what the world calls good work but God doesn't call it good cuz he never told them to do it Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so I want you to see that I was torn. I could feel this leading inside of my spirit man. And I was like, something's not right. Something's not going the way that it needs to. I'm not supposed to help them do this. Look at this scripture and you'll start to see it. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 through 8. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4 through 8. It says this in Acts one, gathering them together, he commanded them to not leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the promise what the Father had promised, which he said. You heard of from me. So Jesus has died. He's been risen back to life now. He's appeared to the disciples. The disciples have been born again. He's given them some final instructions. He says, wait in Jerusalem uh, for the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Spirit. And these are his last words before he ascends into heaven. Look at what he says here, five. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, here it is. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? (laughs) Now watch this. These disciples were with Jesus for three, three and a half years, they were with Jesus. The Son of God, he preached to them. They heard every message. They were there in it. And all of a sudden, they completely missed this. They completely missed this. Jesus was not cur- concerned about the physical state as much as he was. His number one priority was not the kingdom of Israel his number one priority, although Israel was very important and is very important to him, that was not his number one concern. His number one concern was the spiritual kingdom of God. His number one concern was the kingdom of God. And after all this time and all this preaching, you're going to go into all the world and set people free and preach the gospel and, and bring that good news. How many times has he talked about and leading people and this is a spiritual, the kingdom is within you and all of these things and all of this stuff that he talked about spiritually and where was their mind focused? They, they heard all of that, but their own bias and kingdom, my kingdom mentality focused on their kingdom. Focused on their kingdom. It immediately filtered and funneled to their bias. And watch this. And put this in the comments. The things that we hear and see will always filter or funnel into our bias. The things that we hear and see Will always funnel into our bias. The things that we hear and see will always funnel into our bias. When we understand that, we understand how important it is to get rid of bias. Now, here's what I was seeing. I was watching, let me just start with churches. Let me start with churches and ministries. I was watching as people would be more concerned about their church than the church. What is that? That's my kingdom mentality, my ministry mentality. They were constantly looking at their ministry instead of the ministry of Christ. In other words, it was they were always promoting their ministry, their church than the ministry it was, it was not an eternal kingdom, but a physical, let's set up this kingdom. In other words, uh, one of the things that you hardly ever see, and I'll give you one of the first, uh, the, one of the first indications I had of this was uh, we were starting a ministry. We had uh, basically nothing. We didn't, we weren't a part of a denomination Uh, We had no money in the bank when we started Boomerang Church. We had no money in the bank whatsoever. Uh, We started it off of uh, word from the Lord and resolved to get it done, and that's about all we had. (laughs) And uh, uh, that was it, and the Lord provided for it. But honestly, I I think the first year, I think we brought in the whole year. I think financially the first year was around... Nine or $10,000 was the whole, the whole year's worth of tithes and offerings. I think that was it. And um, which is not very much for an organization to function and keep going, but that just kind of shows you where we we're at. And, uh, and we didn't mind that. It's, we're starting, we didn't despise the small beginnings. But I ran into somebody who basically was a minister and they were bragging. And uh, they were telling me about how they had this and the things that the lord has done and and honestly, over the years I saw them, they told me the same story multiple times, and it's like you you've told me this story about five times now, you don't have to tell me and the and the more they told me, the more it got to be an irritation under my skin and It really helped me to highlight this mentality because this was a minister that was talking about what the Lord did but they were saying and we have in the bank you know over six figures we have in the bank over six figures the lord's blessed I was like praise god you know but here's the thing over the period of the next year two years three years five years six years you know I, it was like eight years went by and i heard that same story about five times guess what that money in the bank stayed in the bank. In other words, they were just sitting on it. They're not, they weren't using it to advance the kingdom. And here we are, and we needed a sound system. This is something that happened. We needed a sound system so bad. Like we needed one. We didn't have speakers for a couple of years. I mean, it was, I just talked loud. And uh, <laughs> that was it. We had no mics. I can remember going to a service one time, and up on the platform, I saw, literally, I saw a mic stand. And I went, oh, God, it's so nice to have a mic stand. I would love to have that mic stand. Lord, thank you for providing for us and I'm not going to lightly esteem anything that we have. Now, today we got equipment sitting everywhere. We got mics and we we can go get any of that stuff without without any hesitation. It's not hard for us to get that. But that day, I couldn't just go get it. You know? And so we needed speakers, and this same minister heard that we needed this we needed these speakers. And, and the speakers were and they said, "I've actually got some speakers. They're just sitting in a closet doing nothing, which was like insult to injury. They're just sitting in the closet, nobody's using them and everything. They're like, you know, I'll sell them to your church for uh, 1,100 or 1,500 dollars." I was like. We don't have 1100 or $1,500, but they're sitting in your closet. Yeah. And you have over six figures in the bank. You know, what, what's happening here? I don't want to give our stuff away. Cause it's a my ministry mentality now, and and it was like I wasn't I wasn't angry at the person I was I was kind of hurt that they were in that position, but it helped me to highlight this mentality and kind of put words to it over time. And what I saw was that people can get so concerned about their ministry and and their uh, kingdom that they start to be like the man who coveted, who hoarded, and he says, I have so much stuff, I'll tear down these barns and build more. And the Lord said to him, your life is required of you tonight, right? Because they got into the place where the, my ministry mentality and the, my kingdom mentality didn't want to release anything. And it really helped us to say, look, we're going to sow. We're going to sow big, and we're not going to hold back. And I love it when I see a new ministry, and not just everyone. I see new ministries all the time. But I see a new ministry that the Lord has made a connection with us and and that ministry. I love sowing into new ministries, new churches. And we'll do it in a heartbeat. (laughs) We'll do it. It's easy and it's quick because I love breaking new ground. I love taking ground from the devil. But you can't have a my ministry and a my kingdom mentality and, and have a his kingdom mentality at the same time. It's going to be one or the other. You're going to serve either your kingdom or his kingdom. Put that in the comments. We are either going to serve our kingdom, you know, my kingdom, or his kingdom. We're either going to serve my ministry or his ministry. You can't serve both. And so you got to understand that it is always his kingdom. So years ago I came up with a statement, and, and I would tell people, listen, we are not the best church. We are a part of the best church. Can you see? Like I want us to be the best around without question. I'm going after excellence. I'm going forward and if and if you as another ministry in town or in the area, you don't keep increasing, we'll pass you because we're believing God for increase, okay? Now, but it's not a competition. Yeah. It's not a competition in that way. We're going I'm just telling you we are increasing. Right, I'm believing to be the best at everything. I'm believing to always triumph. I'm believing to constantly go forward. And uh, hopefully that actually entices other people to say, I'm going to take you by the hand. Let's do it together. That's what I'm after. I want to see uh, you know, keep people working together in their calling. But here's the thing. If all I'm doing is judging myself and thinking that we're the best, then I'm overlooking all the rest. If I keep thinking that we're the best, I'm, I start to overlook all the rest in the kingdom, and we're in the same family. And so uh, for years, actually, uh, we, we would actually start every Sunday morning. Now, we stopped this for a while because the Lord gave us direction to do it. But for years, we actually prayed at the beginning of every of every service on Sunday morning, of every service we would pray for another ministry, and I would make that yeah. statement to show a kingdom heart, not a my kingdom heart, you know, not a my ministry heart. And I would say, we are not the best church, we're a part of the best church. And yeah, It was months and months and months. We went for about two years doing it. And uh, it was a long time. It went for a long time. I got the notes. I got them saved in notes where every, every week we would pray uh, for another church in the town. You know, whether we agreed with them doctrinally or not, if we believed that they were actually Christian and born again, we prayed for them. And we would, the whole church would pray for it. not our ministry, but that one, because we needed to break that, my ministry and my kingdom mentality off of us. Because if you don't break this, it's hard for you to grow up. Why will God bless somebody that's only inwardly focused? Write that in the comments, question. Why would God bless somebody that's only inwardly focused? And if you're inwardly focused at all, it's going to spread and manifest in other places. So one of the things that we would do, we would pray all the time for that. And we would say, Lord, you know, help us to have a kingdom mentality. I'm going to give you some more examples of that. Let me, let me move forward. So the root of this is, look at the root, Isaiah 14, 12 through 16. Where does this thinking begin? And as I go forward, I think it's going to define it more and more, and I'm going to show you some symptoms and some examples. The root of this, Isaiah 14, 12 through 16. Talking to the devil, talking to Satan, How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to earth, you who have weakened the nations. Look at this, verse 13. Verse 13. But you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. My throne, my throne, my throne. What is that? That's my kingdom mentality, my ministry mentality. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit On the mound of the assembly in the recesses of the north, and I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will make myself like the most high. All right. Now, most of us would say, I would never do that. Hold up. Don't say that too quickly. This is where humility comes in. When we take praise and thankfulness, for something that God actually empowered us to do, we are taking the praise like our like we are worthy of that praise instead of God, and we're actually letting the praise go to our seat, okay, so a lot of people say, "Well, I would never try to exalt myself above God." When you receive praise for the things God has done or you receive thankfulness for the things God has done, we've done this exactly. Because we're saying I deserve to be praised over him and we put our seat above his. And Well, I don't know about that. It's okay. Just meditate on it. Pray in the Holy Ghost. What you're saying is if you don't pass that praise to God and, and make him worthy of that praise that he empowered you to do, then actually what happens is you're believing on some level, and this is the beginnings many times, you're believing on some level you should get that praise over God. That's exalting your throne. Now, and this is the root of it. It starts right here with Satan. Nevertheless, here's what God says to that heart and this thinking. Nevertheless, you will be thrust down to Sheol, to the recesses of the pit. 16, those who see you will gaze on you. They will ponder over you, saying, Is this the man who made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms? In other words, they'll be like, Is this it? Because you've been reduced so much. You were so glorious and so blessed, and you're reduced to nothing. So when we take on the my ministry mentality and a my kingdom mentality, uh, we may not realize this, but I'm showing you now. The end result of it is that you become nothing. That you become nothing. So if we don't change that in our ministry, if we don't change that in our personal thinking and our corporate thinking, then it will actually come to nothing at the end. This is a mentality the mentality that absolutely must change. Amen. Ms. Pam says, I do not deserve to be praised over God. That's exactly right. And see, uh, and then we talked about that some. Look at this. Let me show you the first time, uh, one of the first times that this happens in men. Uh, one of the first times we talked about last week when, when Cain thought that God was wrong. In other words, he thought his thinking was above God's thinking. That's why he was mad at God. Why is your Cain, what's happened? Why is your countenance fallen? Why are you angry? He thought God's thinking was lower than his. Otherwise, he couldn't have been mad at him in that way. He had actually exalted. That's one of the first places that we see it. Okay? So one of the things is too, you also see this, you also see it in Eve, right? You see it in Eve because she thinks, yeah, what God told us, that's not correct. What I'm thinking is correct. That same my kingdom mentality, that same lack of humility towards the things of God, that actually will put our throne above, and the end of it is always a fall. Pride goes before a fall. All right, so now look at this. Here's one of the big fruits. Look at this. Genesis 11, verse 1 through 4. Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. It came about as they journeyed east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. They, they said to one another, listen to what they said, Come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they used brick for stone, and they used tar for mortar. Verse 4, they said, Come, let us build for ourselves, for ourselves. Come, let us build for ourselves a city. Listen, and a tower whose top will reach into heaven. I wonder where this, the root of this thinking came from. <laughs> I wonder where this thinking's coming from. Right? We already read the verse where it's coming from. The root of it is back in, the, in Satan's thoughts. He's constantly feeding thoughts to men. And then he says this, and, and I want you to hear this. This is not the beginning thoughts. This is the result of not putting my kingdom mentality, my, my ministry mentality down. It starts small. We're going to talk about the small beginnings of this in just a second. But this is this is a bigger this is a bigger manifestation of it. Watch what they say. Let us make for ourselves a name. Let us make for ourselves a name. Let us build for ourselves a city, my city, my name, my kingdom, my ministry. Otherwise we will be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. In other words, their fear that they would be scattered drove them into a thinking of my kingdom, i min- well I'll be, I'll be lost, and I, I won't be able to, you know, I won't be able to do what I'm supposed to do. I know I'm made for greatness, and if we don't do this, we will we'll be lost. And, but what it is actually is a fear and a my ministry and my kingdom mentality that's trying to exalt itself over heaven and above the throne of God and the root of its back. At, the devil. You look at uh, 2, 2 Kings chapter 5 and verse 15 through 27. You have the servant of the prophet Elisha. I'm just going to tell you the story instead of read it to you. You have the servant Gehazi. All of a sudden, Nahum comes and he has leprosy and he was willing to pay to be healed. And Elisha said, No way, I'm not receiving any money from you. All of a sudden, the my kingdom and my ministry mentality in Gehazi raised its head because he hadn't dealt with it. And he thought, he thought he was completely good. He thought he was perfectly within the bounds of what he needed to do. And all of a sudden, he thought, hey, my master didn't receive it, but he still needs to give something. I'll go get that from him. And he went and he took from Nahum, he took. Uh, money and stuff from him. and But the only problem was he was operating in this my ministry mentality, this my kingdom mentality. Elisha saw him and he transgressed the ways of the Lord. And he made Elisha's name be bad because he was concerned about himself and ended up Gehazi the servant who could have been the next great prophet in the land. He ended up being having leprosy from that day forward. And, and you see that he's, you know, that he gets leprosy there. And, and all of a sudden you see that this, is, this guy is never going to be what he's called to be. The destiny that he had as a potential in front of him is lost because of the my kingdom mentality. Let's look at this, the symptoms of my kingdom mentality. Now, here's where it's going to get down into our business. Because most of us wouldn't say that we want to exalt our throne above, above God's throne. Uh, it doesn't start there. It doesn't start there. Let's look at some of the places where it starts. When we have a my kingdom mentality, some of the symptoms are, one, we focus on our ministry and our country, our town, and our church more than we focus on the kingdom of God and other people. Now, I want you to see something like believe in God for your city, believe in God God for your city, believe in God for your country, Uh, having a a national um, heart. In other words, the heart for the nation. I and mean, I'll tell you, I love America. I'm a patriot. I love, I love that stuff. I served uh, with, filled with an honor for my country in in the military, right? I love that. It's one of my, it's one of the things that I'm most pleased about in my life is my service to our country because I believe in this country. There's nothing wrong with that. This is where I was born. This is where I was raised. Uh, This country has done great things, and I believe it's the greatest country on the face of the earth at this time in terms of physical country. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having patriotism. And whether it's the United States or anywhere else, there's nothing wrong with that unless I let that thinking come above the kingdom of God. In other words, now watch this. And a lot of people, they, they've been taught that godliness is patriotism only. No, if my country starts going against Israel, I'm not, I'm not believing in my country more than I believe against the Word of God, you know, in the Word of God. I'm not going to believe in that and be like, well, they're right to not back Israel. No, they're wrong to not back Israel because God says in His kingdom, right that it is right to back them in other words if my country says that abortion is right no the country is wrong and in patriotism i want to help that change you know but i'm not going to put the kingdom of god below it i'm not going to serve the country above the kingdom of god the word says this the word says that that we are in this world but not of this world we are ambassadors of a heavenly kingdom of a spiritual kingdom we are citizens in God's family and in his spiritual family not just citizens here This is our dual citizenship. This is our secondary country. The number one country that I am is a country that's spoken of in Hebrews 11, that I saw the kingdom of God and the country of God, a heavenly kingdom, a heavenly country. And number one, I'm a citizen there first. I'm a citizen here as well. Remember in uh, Jeremiah, I think it's 29, it says, Pray for the city that you're captive in. Right, So even if we're in a city that we feel like we're in bondage in, we're still supposed to support it, pray for it. So I'm not saying that you ignore those things. I'm saying they should not come over the kingdom of God. That is incorrect. So now watch this. Many people, especially around election cycle, they don't know God's word on this, and they don't know his heart. And they think that the election is more important than the kingdom. No, if the kingdom, the, the worldly country can be all jacked up, but if the kingdom's right and it's right in their heart, they'll actually feed from the spiritual kingdom of God and supersede the messed up country in the earth. So I, the thing I need to feed is not just the physical country first, no, the spiritual country first. So what I'm saying is, when I say this, they focus on their ministry, their country, their town, or their church. What the issue is, just like the disciples who spent all this time with Jesus, they went, their mind, because of their bias, their my kingdom mentality went straight to their country. And God was like, Jesus was like, no, no. And look at what he says, I never finished reading that. Look at what he says there. He says, are you you restoring the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. In other words, he said, hey, are you going to restore you know, the kingdom of Israel? That would be just like today here in America. God, are you going to put the right president in the White House? Right? Are you going to do this? I, I heard uh, somebody, multiple people that, that actually hear from God. Not, you had a bunch of... Quote, unquote, prophets and Internet prophets saying a lot of stuff that that didn't turn out right in this last election. But I saw some people that actually know how to hear from the Lord, and here's what I heard come out of their mouth. Multiple people, and I knew instantly, I was like, they've heard something that's correct. They said, God is not as interested in who fills that seat as we think he is. Now he wants godly people in there. Don't make. I'm not saying that. He wants godly people in that seat, and the people of God need to make sure that that happens. And the leaders, the congressmen, the senators, they need to make sure that godly things happen in that way. But here's the issue: we think just like you have people that are pray for their team uh, to win the ball game, right? I'm not praying for that. <laughs> That's a worldly my kingdom mentality, and most people don't even realize they're in the trap of, Dear Lord, please let my team win this Sunday, or please let it. They don't even realize they're in my kingdom mentality. Focus. Seek more the kingdom of God. Seek more his kingdom. You know, and his kingdom will address those things at times, but you start from here, not from here. You start from the kingdom of God, not from the kingdom of the earth, right? And when we get that straight, all of a sudden, things change in our mindset, and we don't think, you know, when we actually vote, we sow a seed of godliness or ungodliness. If you vote for the most godly uh, person and the one who's going to uphold this word more than the other, you're sowing a seed of godliness, and you have a right to reap a harvest, But if you think that your future rises and falls only on who's in an office and where the country is, then you have to dismiss, you have to dismiss who's in charge of the spiritual kingdom. And that's never supposed to be the case. We don't put another kingdom, especially a physical one, over the spiritual one in our heart. And that's a way for us to keep where we need to be. Now, watch this. When we have a my kingdom mentality, we focus more on our church than God's, than God's church. In other words, we'll do everything. I've watched people literally try to sell others to come to their church because their church is the best. That is To me, that is dangerous, dangerous ground. And I never want anybody at Boomerang trying to draw people out of where God has planted them into another planning because in their mind they have a my kingdom mentality and they think that their church is the best never no god has placed the member now if that person doesn't know where god's placed them or they just assumed and they're in the wrong place and the holy spirit deals with them to move or you know the word says that if they have a form of godliness but denying the power of god it says avoid such men as these and somebody in a church that has a form of godliness but they're denying the power of god wakes up to that and goes I'm not even supposed to be here. They're denying the power of God here. It looks like God, but it doesn't have God in it. And they wake up and realize this is not actually uh, you know, the church I'm supposed to be in or a so-called church. I need to go to a place that has the power of God, right? If, if they wake up on their own the Holy Spirit wakes them up, okay, fine. But if you're out there trying to sell your church over another church, you know, and one of the things I hate, I hate this, Go on social media and somebody finally gets to the place where they say, "I need to go to church. I need to go to church." And what, what happens? As soon as somebody puts that, that question publicly, what happens? As soon as they do that, every person that's their friend put, puts their church up there. I never answer that question. I'll never put our church up there. I have gone on some of those and told them the other churches. I have, I've gone on there and said, here's another church that's moving in the power of God. They're spirit-filled. Here's another church that's moving over here. Here's a church here, here. I've done that. Have I put our church? No. I've had people put our church, and I'll say, hey, thanks for letting us know, but just make sure you hear from the Lord. I'll have people come in to the door on Sunday. Literally, this just happened a few weeks ago. We had a guest, and uh, they they actually came in that week. The Lord gave me something for them, and uh, by the Holy Spirit, I had some wisdom uh, in their lives. So I called them. I was praying with them. They're like, praise God, you didn't know this, but you know, the Lord highlighted it to you because, yeah, we definitely had this going on. We need some agreement in our prayers. I was like, praise God. Well, I recognize that when the spirit of the Lord actually uh, connects you to somebody like that, many times that's actually the Lord showing that person, here's where your supply is, here's where your source is. But I also know that's on the spiritual side. I also know on the physical side and the, the logical side, this person just received something from me. And logically, most people feel like they need to repay that. And sometimes people will say, let me repay it by going to that church. And and sometimes that's not what God's saying. Sometimes that's not where they're supposed to be planted. I was just supposed to serve them for a moment. And so I literally, just a few weeks ago, I had that moment. And I, and I said, listen, I said, you know, 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen says, but now God has placed the members in the body just as he desired. I said, don't, you don't have to come. You don't owe us a thing. You don't have to owe us a thing. Just, if you want to come, hear from the Lord. Don't, don't just come because you feel like you owe us something or y- make sure that you've heard from God on where the planning is. And if you feel led to be planning somewhere else, Praise God. Be there. Be in that place. We don't want you to take up a position here if you're not called here and fill a slot that somebody else is called to. And I don't want, at watch this, I don't want at another church in the county to have an open spot you're supposed to be in, but you're here. See, that's, that's God's kingdom thinking, not my ministry, not my kingdom mentality. I literally told him that. And I think people appreciate that. And I've had some people that said, Lord God, who says that? Who doesn't try to sell their church and they start coming because of that? I've had other people that have said, thank you for that. And thank you for releasing me from that burden. And they never came back. I've had both of those, and I and I don't mind it. Get in your place, get where God has planted you. Don't and we don't need to be so my kingdom mentality that that's all we do. But you'll watch people; they'll jump on that. It's it's like um, buzzards on dead meat on a carcass. They're like flock to it and just pick it apart with that my kingdom mentality, and that's not what we want to do. Here's something else: when we have my kingdom mentality. A lot of times we find ourselves in self-promotion. We're constantly trying to promote. Let me tell you about something that I did. This is when I was in my kingdom mentality. It was before ministry, a long time before, but let me tell you about it. I've always been the kind of person that I think we can do anything we set our mind to. I was taught that way. I see that in the word. It's always been that way. So, Nicole and I were actually uh, seeking to start a business, and um, uh, she was going to make cakes. And we had just come up with this idea. We felt like it was the Lord, uh, although I don't know that we prayed it out like we should have, but, you know, that's a long time ago. I can't remember. And uh, But anyway, we, we thought this is what we should do. Well, About that time... Um, we were at a wedding out of town celebrating someone's wedding, and they, they had ordered a cake, a wedding cake, and all of a sudden uh, the wedding cake fell through. And the bride, of course, is in like a shambles. You know, they're just, it's the day before my wedding, I have no cake now, and they're really hurt. And, and I'm thinking, oh, I don't want them to be hurt. But because I was also in my kingdom mentality and self-promotion, the first thing I thought of is, we can make that cake for her. Now watch this. (laughs) I I hate this. I hate that I did this. I hate that I even had that thought. But watch this. I immediately went to self-promotion because I was in my kingdom mentality. And so I offered that. Praise God it wasn't to the person directly. It was indirectly. It was somebody that was actually close to him, and um, somebody that knew better. Praise the Lord. And I offered, I said, hey, we can make that cake for him." And wh- what I'm thinking in my mind is we will be the Savior. They'll talk about us on, on social media. They'll promote it. We'll have instant promotion to our business. And I immediately stepped in there and started self-promoting how we can do it. Now, here's the problem with this. We hadn't made a cake yet. Do you know what it takes to make a wedding cake? I do now, but it's no joke. And you better know what you're doing. You don't just, (laughs) because listen, when your your homemade cake falls down at the wedding and, and you think it was bad before, right? That would be really, really bad. And we had no idea what we were doing. But I believed so much that we could do it. And I, and I didn't even know about my kingdom mentality then. I was like trying to push that we could do it. Well, praise God, the person with some wisdom said, we're just going to go to the grocery store with people that know what they're doing. We're going to order a cake and we're going to pay the money for the cake, right? And praise the Lord. And and years later, I was like, oh, yeah, that was the best decision. But, uh, man, I'm telling you, yeah, Joni said, you would have been talked about, all right. Exactly. (laughs) It would have been horrible. And that's the thing about my kingdom mentality. It will set you up for failure. It's just like the the Tower of Babel. What happened to them? Completely fell apart. Completely fell apart. People are always in self-promotion. Um, here's the other thing, they're always telling people when we have my kingdom mentality, we're always telling people about our resume or our spiritual resume. <laughs> I there's there's uh, somebody I've watched now for years, and I saw it on them. I was watching once I got revelation of my kingdom mentality. I was at a meeting. I, I've been at several meetings where I've seen. Uh, a couple of different people, and I would watch them across the room, and they would be self promoting themselves all the way across the room, talking about this, talking about that, so I was just waiting till they got to me i wasn 't going to blow them out of the water, but at the same time you know i wasn 't necessarily going to be you know nice to their self promotion because this it's actually ruined their destiny and and they actually one of the things that they uh, would do is say how they prophesied to somebody who's very well-known around the world. I prophesied back in such and such year uh, to this person, and uh, I prophesied to them. Well, whoop de doo You know, who cares? And, but that's their claim to fame, that they prophesied to the person who's well-known. They prophesied. They had a prophecy for him. Well, you don't know if that prophecy was worth two cents. You, you don't know that at all. You know, hardly I mean, I guess you could find out some of that stuff, but I've watched people when they come into the church, and the first thing they do is tell me everywhere they've been, all the people that they know, everybody that they met, what spiritual gifts they're gifted with and all this and it's like they just lay out their spiritual resume, and I know right there they're in my kingdom mentality, they're in my ministry mentality, and the truth is until they get rid of that, they can't grow. they can't grow. Because all they're looking at is what they're carrying to the table. I would much rather somebody walk into the church, not because I want them to be you know self-abasing and beating themselves up. You know, I, I don't want them to be you know condemning themselves, but I'd much rather them walk in in humility and say, "I need help. I got this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong." Because watch this: the things that they do well, and the things that they're carrying and their giftings, that'll be evident. It'll come out of them naturally, but they're not going to church. See, I've watched people walk into church and they're like, I got to go into this church because I got to help it out. Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? Yeah, buddy. said, I see that a lot at minister's conferences, you know, and it's like, I got to go in. I'm, I got to bring the spirit into this church. If it's a proper church, you ain't bringing nothing in. Actually, you'll be, you'll be pulling that church down. Barrett said I've been that person. Me too. I've been that person too that I thought I was bringing something into a ministry. And that's just it. And until we ditch that my kingdom mentality, that self-promotion, you know, all of a sudden you won't have you won't be able to grow to what God's called you. You are con with that mentality, there will always be a ceiling just like the tower of Babel could only grow so high because if God let it grow beyond that it actually will bring a self-destruction. So out of his mercy, you will never grow beyond certain places. This is what my kingdom mentality does, handing out your business card to everybody. So I have people, I have people now, you know, see, a worldly person thinks, well, you've got to have a business card in today's market. I'm not in a market. I'm not selling myself. I'm not my promoter. God's my promoter. I'm not the one who builds the house. God builds the house. I'm not trying to market myself. And if God doesn't build it, I don't want to. Now, I'm talking about ministry. You know, if you're going out and you're doing sales in, in a marketplace, you've got to you know, go and talk. You've got to ring the, the phone. You've got to go to the businesses and, and, and get those sales. I understand that. I'm not talking about doing the work of it. I'm talking about having a self-promotion attitude in it. And so here, here it is where I, I've walked up now. It's interesting because I generally have two different results. Somebody will say, do you have a business card? And I'll say, no, I don't have one. I, don't, I haven't carried one in years. And I, some people say, they'll look at me and they think, you are an idiot for not carrying a business card. Right? And I'll think, I'll think, no, you just don't understand why I'm not doing it. And I'm curious now as to why you think I've got to have one. If I want to give you my number, I'll just, give you, I'll just give you my number and you give me yours. You know how easy it is to type it in? Now, I have, it would be easier sometime here's, here's my number and just have it. So I may have one for that, but to just hand it out to everybody? No, I'm not in self-promotion. That actually is something that helps me stay out of that mentality by not carrying that. And so one of the things, and then I've had other people say, do you have a business card? And I'll say, no, I don't have one. They're like, that's unheard of. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that you're not trying to promote yourself. I was like, yeah, I just I don't want to have that mentality. I, God's my promoter. God's our promoter. You know, I am so not close to being done with our notes, so I'm going to move on. People that have symptoms of my kingdom mentality, uh, parking lot prophets, People that, they they won't give a word to the pastor. They got to give it to, they'll find people that they can prophesy to in the parking lot or in the bathroom. Stuff like that. Look, if that word, here, here's the thing. We're all supposed to have a word. But see, a lot of people are doing that because they know if they take it to the pastor, they're going to get rebuked. So they're hiding that so that they won't, and they think that the pastor's just trying to control them. No, the, the pastor is, is shepherding his sheep. The pastor is actually protecting his sheep from a wolf with the wrong mentality. You know, or you come in a service and they always have a word. They always have you know, a word or a tongue or something like that. If they're in the service, for sure they have it. That's not because they're super spiritual most time. That's because they have a my kingdom and a my ministry mentality. Many times a symptom of somebody that has my kingdom mentality uh, will jump from church to church because they never find their fit. And the reason is because they constantly have another vision than the church. So they bring division in. They have their vision and they never join to a church's vision in unity. They never actually plant themselves. So they have their own vision. Many times they'll say, uh, somebody with a my kingdom mentality will say, that church was holding me back, or that church was controlling me, or they weren't letting me use my gifts. That's common language when somebody has a my ministry mentality. Anybody ever seen anybody like that in church? Constantly handing out business cards. Um, They say or think, our church is the best. Uh, They proselyte, or they uh, market or take members from other churches and ministries. (laughs) They are, we've had this happen to us many times. Uh, When we first started, it happened to us. And uh, was actually a a hindrance in a way. Maybe it was a blessing, you know, by some of the people that didn't come, but uh, it could have been a hindrance. People that have my kingdom mentality, a symptom is that they're constantly seeking the praise of men they 're seeking yeah <laughs> they 're seeking the praise of men. Watch this if you have a my k- kingdom or a my ministry mentality, the devil doesn't know everything but he can watch the markers of it. he can watch the markers of it, and if they have that, he will send people their way that will puff them up, that will constantly give them uh Give them compliments, right? So one time, watch this. When I was being called into ministry, we did not have our own church yet, but I was preaching somewhere, and I was supposed to be planted. And I ministered, and a lot of people that day really enjoyed the ministry that I gave. And I'm right at this very critical place that's very important. And I had somebody walk up to me and go, now I'm planted in a church in the city and somebody walks up to me and says, when are you going to open your own church? When are you going to, watch, let me me rephrase that. When are you going to exalt your throne over this throne? So when you have a my kingdom and a my ministry mentality, the devil makes sure to send people to tempt you to feed that thinking, and here's another symptom: if you have that mentality, things just continuously don't work right. It's not easy and light. In other words, you just keep butting your head, butting your head. And the reason is because there's a glass ceiling. The mercy of God is is keeping you there because if you exploded with that wrong thinking, you would destroy yourself because the heart's not right. In, in other words, this is a mentality. You must listen. My ministry or my kingdom mentality is one that you must destroy in your thinking in order to level up, in order to go forward, in order to be promoted. My kingdom mentality is one you must destroy in order to be promoted. Think about this. Think about this thinking now in these stories. Think about this. Worldly musicians, I'm thinking about some of the, and I know we're going to go a little bit longer today. I want to make sure I cover this topic in whole so that we don't have to have a couple of parts of it. Think about this like in worldly musicians. I'm thinking about some of the young musicians that were extremely talented, extremely talented, and vultures around them saw their talent and thought, how can I benefit? Off of their talent, and so all of a sudden they start to feed that mentality of that you are so gifted, you are you are such a good singer. You do you know the future that you have in front of you? And all this is is puffing them up to believe in their own gifting above the fact that God gave it to them. This is, see, if we take away God as the source, immediately we become the source and we puff ourselves up. And these vultures around them will actually feed that so that they will go up, have a huge increase, get popular, make a lot of money that they'll make money off of, and then they don't care if they implode. They made their money. Think about all these young actors you watch, young actors, young musicians you watch. They get up into their 20s, they completely fall apart at the seams because God wasn't the builder, and it comes because they, they had a my kingdom mentality, not just in the church, but in the world, and their own building was not able to sustain the weight. Their building was not able to sustain the weight of it, and all of a sudden they implode. You know, And I I mean I'm just thinking I've got tons of examples in my head of people in the entertainment ministry. And and let me just put this. If God doesn't build the house, I don't want the house that's built. If God doesn't build the house, I don't want the house that's built. If God doesn't promote me, I don't want the promotion. If God's not in in promote in my promotion, I don't want it. Right? If God doesn't promote me, I don't want the promotion. i got to make sure that God's in it or else I need to back away from it. One time we went, uh, the first year we ever went to the fair here in the county uh, to serve at the fair. We were a few weeks away from the fair. We were going to go and serve water, give water out to everybody. And uh, while we were there, uh, getting ready for it, we started getting like our cards to hand out to sh- you know, say, Hey, we're Boomerang Church, and you know, we'd love to have you, and all that kind of stuff. And put our sign up behind there, and we were giving water away for free. We were serving the people, we wanted to serve the people. But really, what were we doing? We were promoting ourselves, we were branding ourselves. And the Lord asked me this question it was right when I was getting this revelation as well. And we were right in the middle of it, and the and the Lord asked me this question He said, If you couldn't put your sign up and you couldn't hand out your invitation cards, would you still serve the people? And I was like, ooh, 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 Lord, I never thought about it before. And I said, you know what, Lord, just because you asked me that question, we're not going to put a sign up and we're not going to hand out cards. And he said, you can have cards, and if somebody asks you for one, give it, but don't have them sitting out where they can grab it. And so we didn't put a sign up. We didn't We didn't have the card sitting out. All we did was serve people. Why? Just to break that thinking in our head. I told the people what we were doing. Everybody got on board with it. I'm sure some people thought we were, you know, marketing crazy. That's doesn't, you know, that's a stupid way to do it. You're not even branding. You could at least have people know who you are and where you No. Nope. No, Lord, we just, we're going to break that my kingdom mentality, and we're just going to serve, even if we get nothing from it. We're just going to serve. Well, the truth is, it actually, people started talking about it. Like, who is this church that doesn't try to grab everybody? And they started, it actually worked to our favor, but, you know, that didn't make, we couldn't see that ahead of time at all. So here's the thing. It, it's amazing. One time we had saved up. Let me show you how to break these things. Put your money where your mouth is. You don't want to have a My Kingdom mentality. Then when you save up for something and you have an opportunity to give it away, give it away. (laughs) We had saved up specifically for some video equipment one time. I remember this specifically because we had saved for some video equipment to fulfill a word that God had given us. We believed God for it. We had had that come in. And at this point... This was the most money we'd ever had in the bank. Because I was like, wow, we've never seen this amount of money in the bank. And it was like right at uh, $4,000. And we were getting ready to buy some equipment within the next couple of weeks. I find out that there's another ministry in town, not hours away, in town, when most people would say, is your competition, right? It's not competition. That's my, that's my body, that's my brother. That's my sister. That's not my competition. They're advancing the kingdom of God. When the kingdom is first in my head, then I'll look at things differently. That's my, that's my brother. I found out they needed some video equipment because they had a timely opportunity. And if they didn't get the right equipment in the time, the opportunity would pass. But they had an opportunity to get the word out. And how much money did they need? Right at the money we had. Exactly what we had. I said, you know what? I said, Lord, we're not in my kingdom. We're in your kingdom, and this is this is in your kingdom. They have an opportunity. We took everything that we had uh, that that we could, and we sewed it into that and helped meet that need. And And we didn't have we didn't buy our own stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you can do to break that type of mentality. Let God be the builder. Psalms 127, 1 and 2. Here's things we can do and we should do, but my kingdom goes the opposite direction. Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. In other words, if God's not the builder, everything we do to build it is pride and vanity. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. It is vain for us to rise up early, to retire late, to eat the bread of painful labors, or to toil, for he gives to his beloved even in his sleep." In other words, he'll promote you even while you're sleeping. He'll be like if you, you know, our ministry is boomerang. He'll be putting boomerang on the hearts and minds of people even while they're sleeping. He'll be putting that on. Here's here's another one. Be humble to give God all the praise. Be humble. Mark 10, 17 and 18, when the rich young ruler comes to Jesus, it says, as he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up to him and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Oh my goodness. Listen to this. If Jesus can't accept the term and the title of good, who can Who can? This verse right here really stirred me up years ago because I started to realize even though Jesus could have received that title because truly he was good and he was the son of God. Watch this. He would not receive the praise that was due to the father. He would not receive the praise that was due to the father. If Jesus did that, surely you and I Who have not been always good and haven't always, should always give the praise to the Father. So, see, if we receive praise, so when people say, Thank you, I'll say this a lot, and it's become my practice. People say, You did so good today. Thank you for that. Everything. I'll say, God is so good. And sometimes I'll say, God is so good and faithful, right? Because I immediately, if you're pointing praise and glory my way, I am not going to take the praise and the glory that God empowered me to do something, and that's why you're seeing it as good. I'm going to let it flow right through me. See, it is okay for it to go through me, but I can't receive it and be the end of it, right? I must, I must give it. And I must be willing to give that glory and that praise to God. I must be willing to do that. If Jesus did that, I surely should. We surely should in this way. And watch this. A lot of times what we want to do is we want to hold on to that watch because we want to be known for something. Many times we'll tell the stories of how we were ministering and the power of God fell on that person right? And what are we doing? We're wanting to be known for something. We're taking some of the glory of God's glory. That's why I'll tell, hey, this is, this is God that did this. God did that. And I'll tell people, I couldn't do that by myself. Now with him I can do it, but I couldn't do it by myself. It's him. It's him. It's him. It's him. him." And watch this. I wrote this down. Be willing. If you want to escape my kingdom mentality, be willing to be unknown. Be willing to be unknown. To escape my kingdom mentality, be willing to be unknown. Receive grace and greater grace. When we get in my kingdom mentality, uh, we will actually have a, uh, a lesser house. We will keep the praise and not give it to God. We will try to be known instead of being unknown, being willing to be unknown. See, God will actually exalt you. He'll give you some of his glory, and he'll make your name great and exalt, exalt you above the nations of the earth. That's a part of his blessing. But I don't go and do great things to have that happen. I do eng- go and do great things because I love God, because we have a kingdom focus, not because I have a my kingdom focus. And, and see, the deceptions of the devil is, well, it, you know, it's okay if people get to know who you are and you stamp your name on stuff. It will help you have more resources so that you can support his kingdom more. God doesn't need our support. He can bless us all by himself. Be willing to be unknown. See, and that's actually a trap. That's something that's set up to make you think in worldly logic to get you out of heavenly logic so that you'll have a my kingdom mentality and you'll always have a ceiling. It's a trap. And this is, if we will not escape my kingdom mentality, we won't walk in greater grace, but we need to walk in the grace of God. Watch this, James 4, 6. But he he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the ones who are not trying to seek their own kingdom, but they're humble. Lord, you know, it is interesting. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Mm. God's so good. He is so good and faithful, y'all. I'm just trying to give you an example of something. When I When I first started the ministry, I never expected to be traveling around the world. That was not on my radar. It's not something I necessarily wanted to do. I recognize now that was God's plan the whole time, and he had actually put that in my heart. I just wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, stay in Albemarle and preach, you know, serve the people. That's what I was thinking. And then all of a sudden, we keep going forward, and he's telling me, go here, go here, go there, and everything. And I would just tried, I just sought to stay humble. But what was funny was, and I really, this caused me a problem. I had to deal with this. I I had to deal with this mentally, was I would go out of town and God would just favor me. I mean, God would pour out his favor and it'd be like, wow, this is amazing. Then I'd go back home and the people who were familiar with me would treat me like poo. <laughs> I mean, literally, it was bad, you know. And I'd be trying to serve them, and they would just be, you know, taking advantage of the help and, and not, not, you know, just familiar. They would be familiar. And you remember when they were familiar with Jesus, he could do no mighty work there in Nazareth because they saw him as the boy who, wrote, who uh, grew up around them, right? They didn't see him as the Messiah. They were familiar with his earthly nature instead of looking at his spiritual nature. Same thing with the scribes and Pharisees, they saw a man they didn't see the Son of God. they saw a man in front of them that was taking their power. They were familiar with the fleshly side of them. so I'd go out of town and be highly favored I'd come back and i would I would be not treated well and uh, for years now today it, it's different, but there's always somebody that's not doing that that really needs to correct their heart and correct their thinking. There's always people that need to put down familiarity with the man of God and where they're placed. And um, that's always been available. That's always been around. Um, Because people are growing. It's not not just because everybody's bad. It's because you always have new people that are growing. And um, we need to grow to that and not be familiar with our leaders, with our spiritual leaders. And so now, yeah, uh, Joni says familiarity can cause poor treatment. So then... But I would go to a conference or something, I would have favor lord Lord would sit me in the best seats, and I would try to give him away, and he'd just keep sitting me and I'd try to get away. I literally tried to give him away more more times, and he'd keep sitting me and I'd meet some of the best people and you know i literally god has God has been so faithful and honored I've been able to meet some of the greatest men and women of God from around the world, and I'm just this this you know guy from Albemarle from you know rural north carolina and and yet you know, it's just amazing, and but I, and that's what I want you to see. God would give grace. When, when I would seek to be humble, God would be like, uh-uh, you're not. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. But if I tried to take, now watch this, I've watched people try to get in those positions and position themselves and be in the right place at the right time, and I watch it just fall apart, and literally their esteem goes down, 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 right? And I, it's amazing. I've had, I've had people that literally they start asking the ushers, who is that guy? He must be important. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> like, like... No, you just, it's funny to watch, but that's what God will do. When you actually humble yourself, he'll give you grace and greater grace. And the only reason I tell you that is because it's a personal testimony of how God thinks about humility, and that's what he will do. He will, he will put you in front of kings, not just of a physical world, but in the spiritual world as well. When we are, not in, king, when we are in kingdom mentality we will have division and a lack of unity. Habakkuk 2.2 2 says, uh, write the vision and make it plain, and the one, that the one who reads it may run thereby. That's in the King James. In other words, one vision will cause people to run. Hear that, just put that. One vision will cause people to run. Amos 3.3 3 says, can two walk together? except they are agreed, agreed. So two people need to come into unity to walk with the same vision, right? But they're not going to run unless there's one vision. Psalms 133, verse 1 through 3 says, unity is the place, just I'm going to break it down quickly, unity between people is the place where God commands the blessing. He commands it. And I've often said uh, a, a blessing released is different from a blessing commanded. A blessing that God releases, you can take it or not, but a blessing he commands, you can't stop, right? A blessing he releases, you can take it or not, but a blessing he commands, you can't stop. And when we get in unity on one vision... God commands the blessing, the people run with momentum. They become a force that the enemy can't stop. But when we have my kingdom mentality, watch this, when people come into the church and the church has a vision, but their vision is to fulfill their ministry and and their vision, then now you've got two visions, and God never called for two visions to be in one body. And so if that person doesn't come in and join that one vision, they're always in disunity and they're always causing division. I've literally, over the years, I have watched people come into the church and before they've been here for a week, they start telling everybody about their vision, what God's doing with them, and literally people that are planted in the vision and doing well that my kingdom my ministry mentality will pull pull out of that vision create division in that person that's planted in that place and before they know it both of them are in division and it's because that person has a my ministry mentality or my kingdom mentality, and they don't realize it, but they are causing sheep to stumble and fall, and God takes that personally. That is not something he plays with. I'm telling you, I've seen the fruit of it. It is not something that he is happy with. And so we have it in our leadership. You know, we say, we'll tell people, look, as soon as you see somebody that has a my kingdom mentality or my ministry mentality, you need to inform everybody about it so that we can watch it and we can protect the sheep from that division because they'll take them off. And what they don't realize it, they think that they're doing that person a favor, but they're actually, the end action is they're acting as a wolf, right? And they're devouring the sheep and don't realize it. Uh, when you in my kingdom mentality you never plant yourself you never allow roots to go into the ground of a vision 1 Corinthians 12:18 says but God now God has placed the members each one of them in the body just as he desired not as we desire not where we want to go not where we're comfortable where God desires we need to hear from him and be obedient whether we like the decision or not Psalms 92:13 says planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. So I want you to see this. First of all, God places them, and then he gives us this wording in Psalms 92. He doesn't just place them, he plants them in the house of the Lord. So in the body of Christ, in the church, is where God plants people. Now a planting is an even deeper thought of a placement. For example... I can place that cup here. Well, that cup can be moved and not disturbed, not disturb it itself or anything else. But if I planted that cup, I've got to move soil, replace soil, and if I went to move that cup again and to put place it somewhere else, it's going to disturb the life of the plant and it's going to disturb the soil, right? A planting is something that's not meant to, to be shaken up all the time which is one of the reasons why I disagree with the shifting of pastors in a lot of different places. They need to be planted, and the sheep need to be planted with them. If we move them all the time, we disturb the soil too much. At the same time, it needs to be taught to the people to not be familiar with the pastor so that they can stay there longer in that way. All right? Now... Uh, One of the things that you see is that Jesus said this in John 12, 24. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone, but if it dies, it bears much fruit. So now watch this. God's design is for each person in the body of Christ to be placed and planted in the soil of the house of God. Every person should be a member and planted in the soil of a house of God. And as you're planted there, you should kill your vision and give yourself to the vision of the field in which you're planted. In other words, the corn seed doesn't, uh, you know, the corn seed or the seed doesn't get to determine what, how it's going to be planted, where it's going to be planted, and you know well i'm in a i'm in a green pea field but i want to be a corn plant you know no god says you're a corn you're a green pea seed and i'm going to put you in this field and you have the vision to produce this you don't get to decide well i'm a green pea seed but i want to be a corn you know i i'm sorry i just all right, i want to be a tomato you know no the seed doesn't determine that god determines that and he determines it by where he plants you He determines what it is, not us. So many times when we have a my kingdom mentality and a my ministry mentality, we come into a field and then we start trying to tell people what we're going to do. And we don't realize, but we're never planting ourselves. We never grow roots. And what happens is every wind of storm that comes into our life and doctrines and things like that, they'll blow us over because we've not given ourselves to that field And so you see in Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16, in the body of Christ, he gives us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to the growing up of the body, right? And it says to grow up to the full stature of Christ, and it says not to be blown around by every wind of doctrine. In other words, if we constantly have my kingdom mentality and my ministry mentality, and we don't give ourselves... And we don't give ourselves to the vision, we're not allowing God to have His way in our lives. We're actually going against God's plan of the fivefold ministry, against God's plan of the planting, against God's plan of the vision that He has there. And when we go against God's plan, we are setting ourselves up to fight against Him. We're not gonna win. We never get in a better place by going against God's plan. But his ways are holy, 1 Samuel 2.30. But now the Lord declares, uh, excuse me, now the Lord declares, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Psalm 77.13 says, your way, O God, is holy What God is great like our God. So his way is holy, his plan of doing things. And we only honor him as we honor the word of God and his ways. And so if we keep trying to have my kingdom mentality and bring that vision into another vision then all of a sudden we're going to get to a place where we're not honoring God, we're dishonoring Him, and we're going to be lightly esteemed. We're going to be despised in that way. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be whole. But in order to be whole and honored by God Himself, we must give ourselves to His ways. The last thing that I'll say before just the list of benefits is, that we're called to only seek the praise of God. See, when we're in kingdom mentality, we won't honor his ways and we won't honor God. When we're in kingdom mentality, we'll seek the praise from other things. Romans chapter 2, verse 29 says, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly, or he's one who is doing well spiritually, who is a Jew inwardly in the heart. And circumcision is that of the heart. In other words, we have heart changed by the spirit, not by the letter. Watch this. And his praise is not from men, but from God. When we have a kingdom mentality, a my kingdom mentality, and a my ministry mentality, many times we, we are seeking the praise of men. We want people to approve of us. But he's telling us that the right man and the right woman of God is actually seeking God's praise, not men's praise. He's seeking God's praise, not men's praise. When we ditch, last, last little thing here, when we ditch my kingdom mentality, we will properly plant ourselves. We will plant ourselves where we need to be planted, how we need to be planted, grow roots the way that we need to. When we ditch kingdom mentality, we will have the Lord build our house When we ditch kingdom mentality, we will grow strong for a long ministry. When we ditch kingdom mentality, we will have the honor of God in our lives, and we will be prepared to receive a proper impartation and a proper manifestation of our gifting. Look at the two examples I kind of gave a little bit earlier. You have Elijah who had Elisha who planted himself with Elijah, who didn't have a my kingdom mentality. He had a the kingdom mentality. And Elisha received the impartation from Elijah. Elisha received the manifestation of of that gifting. The anointing was allowed to manifest the way it should be through Elisha. But Elisha, his, his servant was Gehazi, who ended up being not much of anything. And messing up because he had a my ministry mentality. In other words, that my ministry and my kingdom mentality completely destroyed the plan of God and the destiny. For Gehazi completely destroyed it and took it away. Whereas when we got rid of that my kingdom mentality, it allows it to flourish and to come to pass. And many people would say, "Well, Elijah, you know, you've just been hanging around with Elijah for so long. You just need to go out and start your own ministry." Elijah, Elisha had this heart: "I'm not leaving him. I'm not leaving him till I see him go." I'm serving him, I'm staying there, I'm staying planted, and we know the end of the story. He goes from being the servant to being the one with the double. (laughs) He goes to being the double. How many destinies have been destroyed from a my kingdom, my ministry mentality instead of focusing on the kingdom of God only? Many, 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 many. And so today, you know, the truth is most of us have probably fallen a victim to my kingdom and my ministry mentality in some way. We've probably most done that. And it's a place where we say, Lord, I recognize it, I see it, and I'm not, I'm not going to go after that anymore. I'm going to go after you. I'm going to go after you. I want you in my life. I want you and I want your ways. I want to be honored. I want to be blessed. I want to receive the impartation. I want to not do a bunch of stuff and have zero reward for it. I want to be fully rewarded for it. And I want the kingdom to be advanced in its fullest, not just a little. In order to do that, we have to ditch my kingdom mentality. And so let's just pray right now. Just say, Lord, right now, I ditch my kingdom mentality. I ditch my ministry mentality. I'm not going to self-promote. I'm not going to tell everybody my spiritual resume and all these things that I've done and seen and heard and revelations I've had. Lord, I wouldn't have any of that if it wasn't for you. Father, I receive your call, your placement, your planting, your vision, your building, your honor, your impartation. I receive it. And Lord, I go after your kingdom. I seek it first and the right things to do in it, your righteousness. And I'll be empowered by your righteousness to advance the kingdom of God to the utmost and not fall back. Lord, help me see where I've had my kingdom mentality. Help me see where I've had my ministry mentality. Let it be exposed. Holy Spirit, shine the light on it so that I can love you the best that I can and advance the kingdom of God to the fullest. Lord, I thank you for using me. Lord, I thank you for helping me be a part of your family and be a part of your plan. I want to fulfill everything you have for me, not just a little bit. I want to get in front of you, Lord, and I want to say, here you go. And I want to hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Help me see and walk those things out. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let the Lord show you those things. Humble yourself in front of the Lord. Let him continue to reveal. I'm still to this day, Lord, help me to see those things. Help me to see those things that I don't see yet. Lord, help me see where I've had my kingdom mentality. And maybe it's been hiding in the corner of my my brain or in the corner of my heart. And Lord, let me see those things so that I can continue to cleanse myself of that and be used to the utmost for you that's the heart that we need to have. And when we do that, God will give you grace and greater grace. And he'll start promoting you. He'll start building your life in a way that you couldn't build on your own. Let's ditch that mentality and leave it behind forever. In Jesus' name. Tomorrow we're going to talk about trophy mentality. Do you know what that is? <laughs> Tomorrow, trophy mentality. You're going to like it, and I want to encourage you. If you would like to today, you're welcome to sew into the broadcast. You can go to giveww.org. If you're on Facebook, you can type in the comments hashtag donate followed by the amount. Or on Cash App, you can go to cash uh, tag. Give WW, and uh, that will send it in. And you can sow to get this word out. Drop these stinking, thinking thorns off of people's lives by sharing the broadcast, liking, subscribing, hitting that bell. Uh, You're welcome to partner with us in these ways. Pray for us, and we're praying for you as well. We want the grace that's on our lives to flow into everybody that's receiving this. We care about you, and we love you. And I want to pray for anybody that might be sowing today as well. Father, right now... We just ask that you would bless, overwhelm them with a supernatural increase and a supernatural supply in their life. For every person that's sowing today, for every person today that's sowing, Lord, Lord, bless it, multiply it, roll it over, Lord, roll it over, let it grow like a snowball, Lord, and return it into their lives, pressed down, shaken together, running over into their lives. Father, let it overflow. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we worship you. Lord, thank you for the testimonies of increase they'll have in their finances and in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Tomorrow, Trophy Mentality. I'm looking forward to it. We love you so much. Here is Barrett to wrap it up, and I'll see you tomorrow.
1: Thanks for being on with us today guys. We're excited to have you and excited to have you come back tomorrow. We will be live at 1130 AM. We go live each and every single weekday here on the Lunch Plus broadcast and we're excited to have you on with us. So we'll be back tomorrow. But before we hop off today, we want to remind you Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the celebration of all celebrations throughout the year is happening this coming Sunday. It's going to be great if you do not have a church that you call home, we want to invite you to come and celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior here at Boomerang. 10 a.m. is when we have our worship service and we're going to have a couple of free things for the people who come. We're going to do some free family pictures. They always turn out really, really great. We're excited about them this year. And for every child who comes, we are going to be doing a free Easter egg hunt for every kiddo. It's gonna be so much fun. So bring a bag, get excited to come play. It's gonna be great. But most importantly, we're celebrating Jesus, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. He's alive and we wanna celebrate with you. Bring somebody you know, it's gonna be great. That's this Sunday at 10 a.m. But before Sunday, you can hang out with us each and every single weekday here on the broadcast, 11:30, on the What's Right Facebook page, YouTube channel. You can check us out a whole bunch of different places, but those are the two primary. So we'll be back tomorrow, and we'll see you then.
2: Hey. Never ever never 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 never